0: The Digital Parliament convened online for two days on the 4th and 5th of July 2020, and in it we saw 220 youth representatives reflecting the federal seats in the Malaysian Parliament. They debated on two very valuable motions, which was on economy and uh, education. Teacher Zell is the representative for P173 Putatan, and she is a teacher currently teaching in Baluran Sabah. She's currently doing her master's in education management and is also part of an initiative called Undisaba, Sabah, a platform to raise political awareness among youth in Sabah. In addition, she is also the co-founder of Education Malaysia, an independent source of narratives, news, and opinions that attempts to expand boundaries of education right here in Malaysia. In this phone interview, she shares her passion, experience, and the impacts of being a representative in the Digital Parliament into her teaching outlook and future.
1: Hello. Welcome to Amandu, PLC2 Podcast for Teachers. Every week, we bring you bite-sized information and reflection on all things related to teaching. We are a group of teachers currently teaching in the beautiful district of Samporna, Sabah, and we meet up every Friday over coffee to talk about work with zero judgment and 100% support. So, if you are nearby, join us. If you are not, have a listen to our reflections after each PLC meetup and let us know your thoughts.
2: All right, so without further ado, it's a very interesting season in Sabah right now. We are currently having our state election, and then it's high time that we talked to a teacher who um, was part of an initiative of amongst youth um, called Digital Parliament. Um during the last BKP. Alright, so with me is Teacher Zell. And a first question to Teacher Zell is, How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. All right, okay, so uh we are going to go quickly into the interview part. Um, who are you and what is or are your favorite
3: part about teaching? Okay, I'm a teacher working in a rural area in East Coast of Sabah. My favorite part about teaching is seeing the progress of my students in the English language proficiency, whether spoken or written. Rural area students are generally known to be less proficient, but whenever I see such progress coming from my students, I know that stereotypes can be broken.
2: So, um, I, I understand that currently you are doing um, Master's in Education Management. Why Education Management? Okay, because I get
3: to explore certain theories, and also I would like to, I would like to understand how education is managed, uh, particularly regarding from government level down to those who are at the receiving end of the policies. Great. So we're
2: looking at a future leader, and we hope that you get to pursue whatever you are trying to pursue. But what is um, most interesting right now is the fact that we actually have a Sabahan teacher from a rural area representing via Putatan, right uh, in the uh, in the digital parliament. if you don't know lead uh, re- listeners, if you don't know what digital parliament is, um I would highly suggest you google it and join uh, follow them on uh, on Twitter and Facebook. I think you guys are on Facebook, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so um, read up on them, uh, see how inspiring uh, the, the last two days, or uh, the two days of the session, the parliament session um, had been. I personally joined it and I found it really, really inspiring listening to the youth. Um, so it would be my greatest honor if I get to pick your brain a little bit on the digital parliament. So my second question is, what is digital parliament and how did you get into being the Putatan Rep?
3: Okay, so uh, digital parliament or parliament digital is an online simulation of a parliamentary setting. It's a platform where you, where you, from 15 to 35 years old, propose policies to cater to COVID-19 in terms of economy and education. How I got to represent Putatan was because I saw one of the organisers posted the call for application on Instagram. At first, I didn't think of applying, but one of my friends encouraged me, so I applied anyway since they said that they were lacking female and Sabahan applicants. Two weeks after applying, I received an email from them, and I was assigned to the constituency that I applied for, which was putatan Why did you do it? You read it, you saw the ad,
2: but uh, and your friend told you to do so, but I'm pretty sure there must be like a driving force behind actually doing this. It takes a bit of commitment, isn't it, to be part of the digital parliament?
3: Yes okay, uh, why i why did I do it? Well, because I'm actually into policy making and as well as politics. So I was interested to know how it would be like to become a parliamentarian, even though its just online. Um, so maybe Parliament Digital would give me that chance. That's what I thought of uh, during that time.
2: Wow, um, yeah, um so you're very interested in policy making, and this seemed like the perfect opportunity for you to. You know, take it and learn how how to be like one, huh? Is this solely uh, is this solely for the sake of education, or are you looking into the the, the holistic approach of um, being a politician or being a policymaker, or are you really really grounded to the uh, to the education sector?
3: Well, I would say I'm really grounded to the education sector because that's what I've been taught. Uh, yeah, because my background is education, so it's only uh, rational and really effective. if i if I were to join politics, I would like to be a part of the policy making in the education sector. So after you get elected, what did you have to do? Okay, so when I first received the email, I just had to word for being selected, not not really elected, but selected. Uh, I did mostly on my socials, of course, my social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And for the first week after getting selected, all of the Parliament digital representatives had a series of debates through Google Meet, and uh, we debated about education, economy, human issues, and so on. Uh, the debate was a civil one, of course. And then the following week, following week after that, the participants. Were required to write a speech for their proposed policy. They were to present it uh, during the uh, live session on Facebook. Mm, all
2: right. So, um, so you spoke uh, on the second day, which was a topic on education. Um, so, what was your mission that day, uh, in your through your speech?
3: Okay. So, my mission was to convince the day one. Mm-hmm. That There is a need for a comprehensive online pedagogy training for English subject teachers because of the mass usage of online platform for teaching and learning during NCO. So it was to prepare for the next pandemic. So your mission basically is? Oh, uh, since I'm touching on English, so it's uh, language skills, the four language skills, uh, speaking, reading, listening, and what was the other one? Uh, writing, yeah, so that makes it comprehensive in terms of uh, language teaching, of course. Uh, that was your uh, speaking points,
2: but there were many topics discussed on that day, uh, specifically on education. Can you tell us some of the topics that you thought were uh, very important that that gets across? Yes.
3: Yeah, so the most pressing one what would be internet connection, uh, because... The internet is widely used during MCO for online learning. The issue was pressing because many areas in Sabah and Sarawak are still underdeveloped and not all students can go online when they are at their kampung. So teaching during MCO was helpful for some of the students. Um, We can see, for example, Viviona. Well, she was a brave girl. She was a smart girl, but she had to uh, climb up the trees. But not all students can climb up trees. And sometimes their area, their kampung, perhaps they don't have trees as strong as the, what uh, Viviana, the, the tree that Viviana climbed on. So, um, and also it was very dangerous. What Viviana did, it was brave, but uh, still dangerous. So, and not all students have that kind of bravery. Mm. And yeah, so the most pressing issue was the internet connection. Mm. And before even that, we... We had a debate to Google Meet. Yeah, so it was on the second day, I remember. So all of us, the Bornean MPs from Sabah in Sarawak, we really uh, give up what facts and figures and then stories about how some students cannot go online during NCO. And I also uh, talked about, a bit about my experience as a teacher and as well as my students. Because during NCO, I, I cannot even contact some of my students because they live in areas where the internet connection is uh, so, yeah, it was one of the most pressing issues. And the MPs from West Malaysia, at first, well, they did not empathize with us. I wouldn't say we don't empathize. Maybe they did not realize the reality in Sabah and Sarawak. So, after that, we debated. I remember it was on Telegram. We only debated on Telegram. And then uh, it was from, I remember, from 10 a.m. Until, until 10 p.m. And then we continued on Google Meet. It was the same thing. It was about internet. Yeah. So it was like uh, very, it, yeah, it was and it was very heated internet because both from the MPs from West Malaysia, they did not understand our plight here in Sabah and Sarawak. Correct. Yeah, so after the session, uh, then only they can understand our plight. So it's very important to have voices from Sabah and Sarawak and Parliament Digital gave us the voice to speak out regarding the issues in Sabaka and Salah.
2: Baluran and Sampona is about five hours drive and uh, probably six even because you have to go further deep into Baluran. So we couldn't meet face-to-face. And this is not even a WhatsApp call or an internet call. This had to be done on uh, on, on a normal line, right? So you can imagine this problem of communic- uh, networking and communication is truly... <laughs> real even right now right zell so um yeah so thank you for highlighting the very thing that kept us uh connected to our students uh, are not even there so how do we even how do we even teach right so it was uh, teaching was so uh, was severely severely lacking during the pkp especially when none of us expect were expected to actually immediately go in into online teaching a lot of, most of us all of us, in fact, in the in the government school, we left the school after um, after March, I think, uh, after the Sitara one exam, thinking that we're going to come back after a week of the holiday. But turns out we didn't. It became uh, a three and a half month long uh, break. And during that time, you have no idea the, the, the struggles and, 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 and the, the connectivity problem that we had. Yeah. So thank you for highlighting that um that and the fact that teachers do need training for uh for actually moving towards online teaching i i listened to you and i listened to the other speakers that day and i'm so glad to hear that youth are speaking up and that's that's cool that we have digital parliament as the platform so um so my seventh question is what did you observe having been working with the youth about the way youth are seeing education?
3: Um, well, I can see that a lot of them, they see education as very important. They have many ideas, but uh, having many ideas and proposing ideas, is different than implementing them. Mm. So they all have these ideas, they propose them. But uh, it, it the most crucial part would be the implementation uh, process so um it's not enough that we uh propose policies but we also need to think of how to implement them yeah it's like one of them is they talk about mental health mental health in schools they want to introduce a subject uh, uh, for like a mental health a full subject but then okay uh, and then there's this one one representative she said i think she's a school student uh she was also in parliament digital she said uh we already have so many subjects oh, why the, it is it going to burden us students uh yeah so that's that's the reality lah. like you want this idea to be become a reality that's this idea but then uh, implementation wise it's not going to go well ah. Yeah. for example so mm-hmm. it they all have this idea everyone has ideas for education they want to improve that improve this they want this to be in the school they want that to be in the school <laughs> but then implementation wise we have to think about the implementation wise as well yeah that's what i see i mean like yeah during the we have a telegram group uh telegram group specifically for so in that group we discussed about education, mm. so that's what I noticed, it's more on uh, proposing ideas but lacking in terms of uh, being cautious about implementation. Yeah.
2: Do you think that the youth are aware and very well engaged to the issues uh, uh, to the issues that are facing education in the country and what education is supposed to be do you think they are they are matching those expectations
3: uh, yeah i would say they are very they are quite idealistic mm-hmm. in terms of what education should be um yeah like as i said earlier there are many ideas but uh we need to talk more about implementation-wise some of the things i remembered when
2: i when i when i followed the second day of the session was basically, they were basically talking about the things that you say, Um, connectivity, uh, training, mental health, all these things are really important and are somewhat, I think what were lacking when they were in schools, when we were in schools, we tried to talk about it uh, in the digital parliament. So I feel like for me, I thought, um, yeah, I agree with you that they were being, they were very idealistic and they know what they wanted, so it's just a matter that we hope that the, the government listen to that those kind of discussion, those kind of debate that day and, you know, gain something out of it and learn from the youth. Huh? <laughs> Why is it important that we start making the young people uh, begin thinking and talking about and having discourse uh, about the education in our country? Okay, because uh,
3: basically they are the group that will receive education first and foremost, starting from kindergarten and the process in which the quality of education is delivered will impact them the most and it will shape the bulk of the society in the long run mm. yeah so i think that that's a simple way to put it yes, that, that answer
2: really hit the spot when you say that they are the people who are receiving the education and therefore we should be listening to them quickly one word that describe your experience uh the throughout the whole digital parliament
3: uh, program. I would say it was enlightening. It's about uh, NA63, Venetian Agreement 1963. Before I joined Parliament Digital, I did not, I I know a thing or two about it, but I was not, uh, I was not interested to know more in depth about it. Mm-hmm. But after I joined Parliament Digital, after it ended, I decided to read up more about it because the Bonyan and peace they were very passionate about this issue. Yeah, because it's about our Bornean rights, yeah. So I decided to. I felt very ignorant, yeah. To be honest, I, was, I felt very ignorant about MNC history during that time. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I began reading. I began uh, ordering books even, and and like adding my knowledge about MNC history because as a Sabahan, I need to know about it because it it will affect me. If I don't if I don't know about it and I don't fight for it. Uh, it's going to affect me in the long run, and also my children and my grandchildren. From that kind of enlightenment and
2: uh, and all the actions that came afterwards, the whole reading up, getting more knowledge about uh, about you know education in the and the state of Sabah. How has that changed you as a youth of the nation and as a teacher working in a government-funded school? Yeah,
3: as a teacher, i from that, Experience, uh, I I get to take a bit of like uh, uh, it's a lesson. Like uh, I want to empower my students more, and simply because fifteen to seventeen year olds are already considered as youth, and fifteen and seventeen year olds they are still in school. So one of the ways for me to empower them is to encourage them to debate about government government policies. So I I calling digital was an inspiration for me to make my students debate. Yeah, okay. so I can debate in my English lesson from time to time. Mm-hmm. In that way, they could brainstorm in the group and look for information to support or not support a policy. It's a way for them to be aware of nation's developments and as a process of becoming more informed citizens.
1: Wow. And
3: it's also to make them aware that whatever policy that has been proposed by the government, it will have an impact on them so that... Uh, Apathy won't be an option when it comes to matters like this. They have to be aware that whatever the government decides, it will affect them in the long run. Because uh, usually, uh, political apathy among youth is still high, and especially those below 18, because politics for them is very uh, is a new, it's a uh, it's not, they are not familiar with it yet. But um, through my lessons, I don't actually I don't teach them about politics. Okay. But I teach them about, I want them to be aware about government policies. But how to, what policies, you can separate them from politics. But I don't mention politics uh, explicitly in class. It's just that, uh, just debate about government policies. Uh, so that way they, they can be aware that it will affect them. So,
2: wow, thank you. That was like very inspiring. And I really hope that I get to talk to you more about it so that I can learn how to like, you know, navigate my classroom uh when i want to do this kind of discourse in my classroom so um so what's next for you um i i heard uh you you co-found um, edufication edufication malaysia and i think you have so many on your plates right now and it sounds very exciting why don't you talk about some of the things you are doing now
3: okay firstly i'm part of an initiative called called Uni sabah it is under undi 18 uh so it's about the election season uh we are going to raise uh awareness about politics especially saban politics and lately, there are others that are that were part of the parliament digital and yeah we are planning on uh webinars yeah we plan on actually we already have two webinars and then yeah, the the other one upcoming is the flagship event. It's called the Undi Saba Summit. We are going to invite uh, speakers. There's a we are going to discuss two topics, and there are several speakers that we are going to invite for the event. Mm. And it is uh, the the purpose was to educate the the youth, especially. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And from that, we also have an Instagram account, Facebook account, and Twitter account. It's called Undi Saba. You, you can follow it if you want, and then um, and then, uh, yeah, through those accounts we educate the youth, not only the youth but also the public. And and then, oh yeah, I'm also part of. I'm a co-founder of Education Malaysia, it's a website that will the stories stories not stories the articles in there are the topics that usually we don't really talk about, mm. not not even among teachers or policy makers even. Yeah, so it's like, it's just a group of teachers that we have so many ideas. So the purpose is to just like make people realize that this is an issue in education, but it's usually being overlooked or overshadowed by other things. Mm. Yeah, so through that website, we hope to ignite education discourse.
2: So change in school is something that we all talk about. Teachers constantly talk about I need a change in my school. so uh, so so as a fellow teacher, do you have any advice to us? Um, who are yearning for change in school? How do we go about it? And you know we we don't have the the, 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 cap- the capabilities of you know like joining the digital parliament, you know, not as brave as you are sometimes. So maybe any advice?
3: Okay. Uh, so I think the important thing is to start small. Yeah, usually people think about starting big, but actually you have to take baby steps first. So my advice is, uh, one thing about making change is that you cannot do it alone. Mm. You need a team. Yeah, you need a a group of teachers who shares the same vision as you. Only then it will be easier for us to execute our vision and make a change. But uh, we have to take it slow and don't expect big changes or immediate changes. Some changes, you know, it takes 20 years. so yeah we, we just need to be consistent in our fight
0: yeah, yeah.
2: that's what i think uh, how about teachers uh do you think that we should start being more vocal about uh, what we want and how we want things in the school
3: yes definitely because if we don't speak up then there's not going to be any change maybe it depends on what kind of change or maybe it's the change or uh in the uh school structure it all depends but the most important thing is to just speak up but when you speak up you need to find to be safe you need to find those with similar mindset as you because if you do it alone no one will support you so the 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 change or the fight won't be as you know loud because if you do it in a team it will uh, make a, a, a certain degree of impact
2: we if we yearn for change get a team start working on it start small don't don't overwhelm yourself so is that is that the summary <laughs>
3: yes yeah please.
2: all right so wow um thank you so much zell um your participation in the uh, digital parliament personally inspired me because um I know you and i i i I talked to you during the one week that we spent and i thought you're very insightful and the fact that when i saw you stepping out and going for that and i thought that was like awesome and and to be able to hear you talk about teacher training uh, during uh, on that session uh, during the digital parliament I was basically saying yes, yes, and yes. So cool. Um, so I hope you, uh, I wish you all the best for um, everything else that you are doing and keep posting us uh, your updates on, and your whereabouts about how cool you are engaging uh, the world of education through your to your academic lenses, as well as your writing. You write really beautifully, by the way. Um, so thank you so much for, um, for taking time uh to uh to have this call with me uh, and uh, i wish you safe uh teaching and uh, fun
0: teaching
3: thank you for having me in this interview and also uh yeah i think this amandok initiative is very brilliant because we need a podcast for education uh formulation education specifically in Kabbalah because i was actually looking for pod- This kind of podcast for a very long time, and when I saw you guys posted about this, I was quite excited, and I'm 100% supportive of this initiative. Yay! Yay! Thank you,
2: and yep, Amanduk is reaching out. Ha! Thank you so much, Isel, and I don't want to keep you too long. I have a good uh, start of the week, and good night.
1: Amandu, PLC2 Podcast for Teachers, is brought to you by SETS. And for more information, find us on Instagram, Amandu Podcast. If you find this episode helpful, please click to subscribe to this podcast and the share button to share it with your teacher circle. As always, happy teaching and be safe!